Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the service of evening prayer for this evening of March the 25th. We're glad to be able to bring to you from live from Trinity Sanctuary here uh, the order of evening prayer. You'll find that if you have a hymnal, wherever you happen to be listening at, that's in your hymnal, in the front part of your hymnal, on page 243. And so uh, if you would take a moment to turn there, and then we will begin. We're going to be continuing our series on the means of grace tonight. We're talking about the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion, and how fitting it is that in just a few short weeks we will be celebrating Monday Thursday in some way, um, and uh, uh, we are excited for that as well. <clears throat> and so we begin with evening prayer, the service of light on page 243. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. The light no darkness can overcome. Stay with us, Lord, for it is evening. And the day is almost over. Let your light scatter the darkness. And illumine your church. Joyous light of glory. Of the immortal Father, heavenly, holy, blessed Jesus Christ, we have come to the setting of the sun, and we look to the evening light. We sing to God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are worthy of being praised with pure voices forever. O Son of God, O giver of life, the universe proclaims your glory. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe who led your people Israel by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Enlighten our darkness by the light of your Christ. May his word be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. For you are merciful and you love your whole creation. And we, your creatures, glorify you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated, and we will sing our next hymn. It is number 953 in your hymnal, if you have one at home. Number 953, We All Believe in One True God. creation he upholds. 
Jesus Christ, Son of God and Mary's Son, who descended from his throne and for us salvation won. By whose cross and death are we rescued from all misery? We all confess the Holy Ghost, who from both in truth proceeds, who sustains and comforts us in all trials, fears, and needs. Blessed Holy Trinity, Praise forever be to thee. All heavenly host and may glorify you forever. Amen. Amen. We sing our next hymn. That hymn is number 618 in your hymnal. 618, number 618. Soul is sorrow pressed. Re- 
receive me graciously and gladden my heart, for I am now thy guest. Lord, may thy body and thy blood be for my soul the highest good. What higher gift can we inherit? It is faith's bond and solid base. It is the strength of heart and spirit, the covenant of hope and grace. Lord, may thy body and thy blood be for my soul the highest good. After the first reading for this evening, I will speak, O Lord, have mercy on us, and then the congregation responds with thanks be to God. And so the first reading is taken from Isaiah chapter 25. It is verses 6 through 8. Isaiah 25, verses 6 through 8. On this mountain... The Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The Sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove the disgrace of his people from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. The second reading is from Mark chapter 14. And after this reading, I will speak in many and various ways. God spoke to his people of old by the prophets, and the people respond with, but now in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. The second reading is from Mark's Gospel, chapter 14, starting at verse 12. Mark 14, starting at verse 12. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, Where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples, telling them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house he enters, The teacher asks, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large upper room, furbished, furnished, and ready. Make preparations for us there. The disciples left, went into the city, and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at the table, eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will will betray me, one who is eating with me. They were saddened, and one by one they said to him, Surely not I. Jesus replied, It is one of the twelve, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. 
The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, take it, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for money, he said to them. I tell you the truth, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. In many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. But now in these last days, he has has spoken spoken to to us by by his Son. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this evening from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Why do people read poems? Well, people say that poems are powerful, that poems reveal truth that otherwise goes unnoticed, truth that makes significant life possible. Sigmund Freud, of all people, thought that poets were the first to quote, salvage from the whirlpool of their emotions the deepest truth to which we others have to force our way. In a related vein, John Berryman writes, these songs are not meant to be understood, you understand. They are only meant to terrify and comfort. Truth, terrifying and comforting, is what poetry delivers. So tonight, I offer two poems, two truths for you to ponder. The first is a poem by Joan Alsher entitled, The Dead. It reads, In poems I read, the dead always appear as collective noun, gray mass without feature, to be feared or made fun of, and so to be erased, as if we hadn't once loved or fought with them, as if we won't end the same. Chew on the poem a little bit because it salvages a deep truth that usually must be forced upon us. Although we live as if it won't happen, although we live as if we are special, as if we are different, as if we somehow count, as if we won't end the same, the truth is that we are the same. All of us, sooner or later, are the dead. Collective noun, gray mass without feature. Your obituary, of course, will fake another story. It will say that you are loved and missed, but really that is just a closing salute, a final hurrah before the book on you closes permanently. Not too many years later, the living will hardly remember you. The dead are erased as if we hadn't once loved or fought with them, as if we won't end the same. Poets seem most painfully aware of the tragic nature of our lives and invite us to enter their houses of mourning. Dolan Thomas says, Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at the close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Death is the Babylon of our soul. Rage against it, says the poet, but Babylon is too strong for the Israelite. Babylon was destined to win. Death always wins. When I was a younger pastor, 
I must confess that sometimes when death got real up close and personal, I wanted to walk away from it or joke about it, somehow erase it, because death tended to rob me of my speech. The eloquent words of a poet rarely came from this still mouth. No captivating story when I was sitting in the emergency room with a sobbing woman who had just lost her father. When a 45-year-old father told me he wanted to die so that he could go see his teenage daughter whom death had snatched away from him, my breath left me, silent and searching for words. Death hollowed my speech. Words seemed powerless to do the work I needed them to do. Faced with a steely truth that hammers a nail in a coffin every moment of every day, I sometimes wanted to spend my time doing anything but dealing with death and the dead and the dying. It was easy to tell myself that there was nothing I could really do. Time heals all wounds. Death is a fact of life. You know the cliches as well as I do. I would have liked to erase death from my life too as if I wouldn't end up the same. Death is such a big problem that it inspires the poets who hear the tramp of the approaching beast before most of us seem to. In awe, they talk eloquently and ferociously about it. When it comes to challenging it, when it comes to getting around it, no one has the right words to do that. Except there is this one poet, a single voice, whose poetry is very different. Another truth Comforting or terrifying, you decide. Yahweh will, pre- Yahweh will prepare for all peoples on this mountain a feast of the fattest, a feast of fine wine, the fattest full of marrow, fine wine refined. And he will devour on this mountain the shroud, the shroud over all peoples and the web woven, woven over all nations. He will devour death forever. And Yahweh will wipe away tears from every face. And the disgrace of his people he will remove from all the earth. Certainly, Yahweh has promised. A different kind of poet. A prophet comes with poetry that digs at our hidden fear. But can it possibly be true? What kind of poetry is this? The death of death. The poet does not bow to Babylon's power. He predicts her defeat. Is this just a dream wrung from a poet's desperate heart? Is it the product of his imagination? Well, along with this poem in our church, we have a narrative, a story that we tell, an account that proclaims a similar truth. It is the story of Jesus, the Word made flesh, the Son of God who preached that he had come to bring the salvation promised in Israel's ancient poetry. You know how the story goes. He was killed at the hands of those who hated the truth of his words. Death wins again. Except that it didn't. As we have heard it told, Jesus was the one that death could not keep down. And then on the third day, he rose from the grave. The word is, Jesus' father raised his son The word is that death may be strong, but the Lord God is stronger. If it is true, if God raised his Jesus, maybe there is hope for me too. Hope that I won't end up as that gray mass feature, erased. But no, that's crazy. People don't rise from the grave. 
The poet says that God will devour death for all people. Could it be? That's the great part about the Jesus story. I am in on the resurrection because God decided to include me. And that is what I bear witness to this evening. I got baptized. And that's when Jesus' story became mine. I died and rose with Christ. The Holy Spirit brought me through the Exodus waters and made me, me, one of God's children. The prophet's poem becomes my comfort, not my terror, my hope, not my despair. It really is unbelievable. Can this resurrection hope really be for you too? If you wonder, can I really be done with death? Can I really get death off my back? Well, then come to the Lord's Supper and hear some powerful words. This is my body and blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. The resurrected Jesus says it, and so it must be true. The Lord's Supper is a feast of the resurrection. It is the feast of victory for our God. It is the table prepared for us in the presence of our enemies. Here, at this table, soon, prayerfully soon, is a celebration of the resurrection. Not just Christ's resurrection, but your resurrection. Here, death doesn't rule. The risen Christ rules. The Lord's Supper is a tangible foretaste, a bite, a morsel of the final banquet, the feast to come, pictured by our poet. It is here that we will gather in anticipation of that final day and experience a touch of the grace and salvation that await us at the end. Here, we remember and will remember Jesus' death and his victory over death until he comes again to remove the shroud forever. This feast sustains us on the journey, and that's why Christ gave it to us before his own journey to the cross and to the tomb. In the face of death, this meal gives you your voice back. As Paul says, hear you proclaim Christ's death, a death that ended in the death of death until he comes again. Over and against your own death, you proclaim the death of Christ, a death that ends in your eternal life. Death cannot rewrite what God has written for you in Christ. I say that line one more time. Death cannot rewrite what God has written for you in Christ. For the moment, we live in a world shrouded in death. It is a world in the shadows, and those shadows touch the lives of all of us. In a way, we are exiles in Babylon, but we are not helpless. We are the community of the baptized. We gather around this table in the hope and anticipation that death does not have the last word in our lives. Babylon fell at God's word, at his command. So will death at the last trumpet. Christ, not death, writes the poetry of our lives. And in him we say, Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We continue by singing the Song of Mary. If you have a hymnal at home, it is on page 248.
soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has regarded the loneliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from this day all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things to me, and holy is His name, and His mercy is on those who fear Him from generation to generation. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. He has shown strength with his arm, he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent empty away. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And usually at this time, we collect our offering, and in, in its place, I just want to give a reminder to all who are listening that during this season, uh, where we are, are not able to meet at church as we normally do, please remember that there are still three different ways that you are able to give your offering and your tithe. Uh, you can either go to the website, www.trinity1874.com and click on the donate button. The process is very, very easy. Please do not be intimidated by it. It's very, very simple. You may also mail your tithe or your offering in to the church office, or you can stop by the North Breezeway and drop your tithe off in the basket during regular office hours, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. So we pray that you would prayerfully consider those options. And with that, we continue with the litany with prayer. 
In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Matt and Lee, for all pastors in Christ, for all servants of the church and for all the people, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Donald, for all public servants, for the government and those who protect us, that they may be upheld and strengthened in every good deed, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who work to bring peace, justice, health, and protection in this and every place, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who bring offerings, those who do good works in this congregation, those who toil, those who sing, and all the people who await from the Lord great and abundant mercy, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For favorable weather, for an abundance of the fruits of the earth, and for peaceful times, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our deliverance from all affliction, wrath, danger, and need, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this season that we are currently in, we pray, Lord, that you would bring an end to it and bring an end to it very, very soon. We pray, Lord, that for those who are not able to to have work or able to find work, that you would help them uh, in this time, Lord. Help them to be able to have the finances that they need to be able to pay the bills that they need to and to be able to support this body and life that you have given to them. Help us to remember, Lord, that you are our Father, Lord, and that, uh, and that your will for our lives is always done. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, have mercy. For the faithful who have gone before us and are with Christ, let us give thanks to the Lord. Thanks, thanks be, be to God. Help save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Rejoicing in the fellowship of all the saints, let us commend ourselves, one another, and our whole life to Christ our Lord. To you, O Lord. Let us pray. O God, from whom come all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works, give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments, and also that we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may live in peace and quietness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray together. Our Father, Father who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you. Amen. We now sing our closing hymn, number 456 in your hymnal. Number 456.
tremble, tremble. Were you there when God raised him from the tomb? I want to give a big thank you to those who uh, were here this evening to assist us and to help us to have service tonight for uh, Susan Senninger, who's up there playing the organ. Thank you, Susan, and for her husband, Bob, uh, who played the part of the congregation all by himself, a congregation of one. Uh, but for him, we are thankful, and also for Darren, um, Darren Shane. It's a house full of Shanes tonight. Uh, I just realized that. Um, and for him, too, uh, as he uh, made the broadcast available as well. Just some announcements since we can't gather, and some of these are going to be reminders. Uh, please tune in to the radio broadcast and the live stream podcast each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We will be broadcasting a live divine service from our sanctuary with a very small group of people, pastor and organist, um, cantors, and a broadcaster. And again, we talked about... Uh, three different ways that you can continue to give and to tithe. Again, you can use the donate button on the church website. You can mail your offering in to the, to the uh, church office, or you can simply drop it off in the basket that is in the North Breezeway during regular office hours. So please prayerfully consider that. In an effort to protect the safety of our church staff, the church office will remain open by phone and email only. We will be locking the door until we are given the all clear to resume as normal. Please watch the church and school website, www.trinity1874.com, for daily video updates from Pastor Jake and Mrs. Menning. We will be giving um, different updates that are important for our community to know with regards to the church and the school. The voters' meeting scheduled for March 29th has been postponed. And if you are in need of a to-go meal, please contact Jennifer in the church office. The school cafeteria is providing the meals for those in need. And... Please also, if you have not been receiving any updates this, this past week, whether by, um, whether by phone, whether by the phone blast or the email, emails that have been uh, going out or the Facebook messages, please, please let us know. Uh, call us at the church office so that we might be able to remedy that. And I believe that is all of the announcements that I have for this evening. Please continue to watch your email inbox. Um, there will be an, an, an email coming out tomorrow. Uh, with some different announcements uh, for that as well. Oh, that was one other thing. March 31st is the deadline for you to turn in your uh, Thrivent Choice dollars if you have them, so please fill that out. Please prayerfully consider um, designated those choice dollars to either the, our church or our school. So the deadline is coming up. It is March the 31st. I believe that is next Tuesday. Thank you all for joining us this evening, those who are listening and those who will be listening um, soon. And uh, I pray that you would have a very restful and peaceful night tonight. Uh, don't forget about the Daily Prayer podcast. There is one uh, up there ready to go for this evening if you would like to listen to that as well. Have a very blessed night.